Our Old Testament reading for Ash Wednesday is from Joel chapter 2. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Below, or I'm sorry, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants, let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle this evening is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapters 5 and 6. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, the Holy Spirit, genuine love, by truthful speech, and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing everything. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Let us now... Say together these things from the Catechism, first the Ten Commandments, then the Creed, and then the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who gives and who strengthens our faith. The words for our sermon this evening are from 
the Old Testament uh, book of Genesis, chapter 319, in which we hear uh, the words, uh, Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Next to Good Friday, today is the most sobering day on the Christian calendar. Ash Wednesday is the day when we remember, as we will do when I impose ashes on your forehead at the end of our service, that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. But what do I mean when I say that to you? We are remembering a tragically significant day in human history, a day that necessitated everything we'll talk about through this entire Lenten season. It is the day that created for us a significant problem. To dust you shall return. That statement, as I told you earlier, is a direct quote from Genesis 3, verse 19. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. There, when it is originally said, God is addressing Adam immediately after the fall into sin in the Garden of Eden. He is informing Adam of all the negative consequences of his and Eve's disobedience in eating the fruit of the tree from which God has instructed them not to eat. God had warned Adam and Eve that if they did eat the fruit from that tree, they would surely die. But they did not obey God and instead followed the tempting words of Satan eating the fruit from that tree. And from that day on, death followed, just as God said it would. Adam had been formed by God from the dust of the ground, and God's statement to Adam, you are dust, acknowledged his creation of Adam from that dust. Then the words, to dust you shall return, acknowledged Adam's pending physical death and the decay returning to dust that death would bring. Adam was formed from the ground, and Adam would return to the ground. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. There is also an eternal spiritual death that the sin of Adam and Eve brought into the world that day. An eternal estrangement and separation from God. Banishment from him, his love, his mercy, and his compassion. Adam would live the rest of his days remembering those sobering words from God. How he must have wished that he could turn the hands of time back and undo what he and Eve had done. But it was done. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. Unfortunately, you and I are conceived and born 
facing the very same problem that Adam did following his sin. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, these words. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. That statement made by God to Adam is just as valid when spoken to us. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. A significant problem. But we don't like to think about it, do we? Our own death. The fact that one day we will go into the earth is not something we like to remember. It makes us uncomfortable. And our society makes it very easy to avoid remembering that we are dust. From advertising to books to movies, so often, so often the impression is given that life in this world goes on forever. That we are invincible. That somehow we are the exception to death. We convince ourselves that maybe if we don't think about it, we can somehow avoid it. And so many people go through life avoiding that one final earthly reality until they are right at death's doorstep. And so God reminds us all this day, to dust you shall return. And so... As people who remember that we are dust, we gather here on this Ash Wednesday and repent of our sin. We confess. We admit before God and one another our sin and our sinfulness. We express our sorrow for our sin. We ask God to forgive our sins. We ask God to help us amend our sinful life and instead live a more God-pleasing life. And yet, even more important than you remembering that you are dust is the fact that God remembered that you are dust. In Psalm 103, the psalmist informs us that God, quote, knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. From verse 14. In the scriptures, in the scriptures, whenever God remembers his people, he always acts on behalf of his people to bless his people. In fact, God had already remembered us and all of his people even before he told Adam, You are dust, and to dust you shall return, because just four verses before God spoke those words to Adam, that very same significant day, God spoke to Satan and assured Satan that God was going to send one who would crush Satan's head. Remembering that we are dust, God did act on behalf of us 
and all people. He came here and lived among us in the person of his Son, Jesus Christ. Christ completely and voluntarily took upon himself all sin and all evil, even the penalty for sin and evil, death itself. He himself went into the earth, into the dust of the ground, as he was buried in a tomb. And worst of all, worst of all, he endured the penalty of spiritual death there on the cross, as he was abandoned and forsaken by the Father, as he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he would not remain in the dust of the earth. No, on the third day, he would rise from the dust of the earth, just as he predicted he would. And so will you. So will you. On the day when he returns, you and all believers in Christ will rise from the dust of the earth with new and with glorified bodies. Bodies that are incorruptible, no longer subject to sin. Bodies that are immortal, no longer subject to death. And that is why we do not simply place ashes on your forehead tonight in any old pattern. We do so in the shape of a cross. For only in the cross of Christ and in what occurred there do we have hope and life. There's an old expression that maybe you're familiar with. Left in the dust. For example, when there's a race taking place and one runner pulls away from the others, the announcer of the race might say that the runner that pulled away left the others in the dust. In other words, he left the other runners behind. Tonight, we give thanks that God has not left us in the dust. He has not abandoned us in our deadly, significant problem. He has not left us behind. And in fact, just the opposite is the case. He came here in the person of Jesus Christ to make certain, make certain that we would be lifted up from the dust of the earth. Just as Christ rose physically, bodily from the grave, so we too will join him in a resurrection like his, as scripture tells us in Romans chapter 6. God will not leave us in the dust. For this we give great thanks and praise. Amen.